Hey, what's hey. up? Welcome back to another edition of Point Blank. Akeem, this is episode number 69. Can't believe we made it all the way to 69. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, let's keep it P let's keep it PG people for all the people out there thinking about the <laughs> wrong things. But yeah, Chantel, episode 69. And you know, even when you think about it, it's about to be March on what Wednesday. So man, time really has flown by. But uh 69 episodes in, uh, more to go, more to go, Chantel, more to go. Yeah, for sure. And if you like the content, make sure to hit that like button, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And also, if you have a couple of minutes, leave a rate and review. But because we're at episode 69 you know, I wasn't even thinking about whatever Akeem was saying. I was just thinking about the fact that we're almost to number 70. We had to bring a special guest onto the show. So right now we got joining us Rafiq Louison. Rafiq, thank you so much for joining us. You're out in the New York area. And of course, you have a great show called Nothing But That Sports Talk. And you've had some great guests on that show. But before we get into all of that, I want to say thank you so much for joining Akeem and I. We're really happy to have you on. Um, you know, we haven't had a little guest in a minute, but we're going to continue to bring some on. Uh, you're our first this year. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor to be on. It's an honor to be the first guest in 2023. That's yeah, crazy how it was 2023 already, man. Well, you know, on Point Blank, man, we don't like to play any games. We like to get into it. You know, man, I want to ask you about this, right? Because being in New York, uh, it's a place where it's hustle culture. Everybody's always grinding different things, but sports is massive. Um, how did you get involved in broadcasting and journalism, man? What 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 was the reasoning behind that? Was it something that hit you when you were young? Was it a Knicks game? I know the Knicks are heavy out there. Was it the Mets? What was it about you that made you want to get into this space? I mean, it's just something that I thought I'd give a try. I mean, I remember, I mean, I wasn't one of those people that grew up wanting to do journalism, but after, I mean, when I when I was finally able to go to college in, like, in the year 2015, which was LIU Brooklyn, by the way, that's my alma mater. Oh, and then, man, you know, went, yes, yes. And I also went for a master's degree at Fordham University, but to answer your question, it's just something that I figured why not just give it a shot because, you know, I always I always envisioned being able to do be on shows like this, talking sports with people like you, and, and and actually have it one day, if not be host my own show for a TV or radio network or be a news supporter or a sports reporter, actually have my own podcast where I can bring in people like you guys to come on. So yeah, that's pretty much how it started. And well, I, I was writing for the school newspaper, I was a program director for the TV station at LIU Brooklyn. And then when I went to Fordham University, I yeah, I've also done engineering for a couple of couple of radio shows shows i also i also even did a documentary about diagv wow well yeah i, I was even a new supporter for diagv public radio shout out wow. to diagv news by the way where i covered various events that happened around the new york area so yeah and i even interviewed some some pro athletes including aaron boom and and i believe cameron maven or the new york yankees well back when he was playing for the new york yankees but it was for news stories so yeah that's pretty much it for me Man, that's, that's awesome. pretty awesome, man. You're doing great numbers. Uh, Chantel, I have one more question before you go. Um, man, one of my teammates, he went to LIU, man. What is that like? What's the campus like? Do you have any LIU uh, stories for us, man? 
Well, LIU is pretty much one of my favorite stories. I remember when I started watching, when I remember when I started covering their games. I mean, I became friends with this guy named Raekwon Clark, and he was one of the reasons why I got invested into watching LIU games. And I've covered a couple of basketball games, yeah. which is what I tend to cover when I started being a writer for the school newspaper. But then they had me covering volleyball. They had me cover, covering um, swimming. They had me covering field hockey, soccer, softball a variety of different sports this is pretty much similar to what i was telling Chantel when she came on my podcast last like last week we can um everybody keep telling me learn to cover other sports not just the ones you're comfortable covering and um, and it's a good thing i did because i mean i managed to get getting close with the players like done player interviews for all the different teams and and i even got sent got got better understanding of how these uh, sports are being played and, and i mean it wouldn't be much of a challenge if i was always covering sports that i'm passionate about Absolutely. I mean, seriously. Yeah, I I felt like that was always the kind of the trick to be like a Swiss army knife was to be versatile in every sport. So if you do get those opportunities, you could just cover literally whatever they throw at you. So that's always definitely good qualities to have. Now, let's stick with the New York area because, you know, you talked about your journey getting into the game. But were there any sports that you really, really were passionate about? I know you're a big a basketball guy was there like a game or a player that you kind of fell in love with as a kid well as a kid i fell in love with lebron james i mean we one of the greatest of all time and right now he's the all-time leading scorer like every every episode i do every every podcast where i talk about lebron james i always end every topic by saying it's lebron james that's just me telling you how great the guy is i grew up i remember watching them play against the new york knicks and i kind of wasn't really into him at the time but i really fell in love with lebron james as a, as a fanboy when he after the series he did when he defeated the washington wizards in 2006 and after that i was hoping he could lead him to the finals but obviously they ran to detroit but don't worry they defeated <laughs> a year later and they managed to make his first finals appearances and i ever since then i was hoping lebron james get a ring and well unfortunately i had to go to miami just to get his first two but don't worry he managed to get one with the cavaliers and um yeah i kind of went hard for lebron james and um, a couple of the they, they, they players I've had, Jamal Crawford, when he was playing for the New York yeah. Knicks, a lot of clutch shots for, for the New York Knicks. Unfortunately, the Knicks were kind of bad at the time. So, yeah. It's pretty That's much awesome. You mentioned LeBron. You talked about how he's the greatest. Give me your um, NBA Mount Rushmore. My NBA mm. Mount Rushmore, I mean, I, mean, I pretty much said, I mean, I will give it to LeBron James. Dwayne Wade, because he, he won a championship my first season watching the NBA, which was in 2005-06, by the way. That's my number two. My number three, I'm going to have to give it to Luka Doncic. I mean, the guy's been balling out like crazy. <laughs> number four, Kamala Anthony, when, when he made the Knicks relevant before the, yes. they, they went back to being bad in 2014. They were never good when he, for the rest of his time in New York. And number five, well, um, yeah, I'm probably going to give it to Damian Lillard. I mean, come on. It's mm-hmm. Dame time, 71. That's a good reminder. Yeah. yeah, speaking of Dame time, he dropped 71 points the other night. I mean, reminiscent of Kobe's 81, but really guys right now are being able to just be an offensive threat and just drop mad points. I want to know what you thought about Dame 71 and if either of you think the Blazers are going to be able to sneak into the playoffs. So Raph will go with you first. I think that I think Portland can sneak into the playoffs, although it's going to be very difficult because the Gold State Warriors are starting to get it together. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the Timberwolves, even though D'Angelo is not on the team anymore, you can't sleep on them. I mean, well, yeah, a, a couple of the teams in the Western Conference is going to be it's tough. Oh, and not to mention the Los Angeles Lakers. Did you see what they did against the Dallas Mavericks yesterday? They came back with oh. 27 points down to defeat, defeat, defeat them. 
And you know LeBron James is not playing around where he said that it's going to be the most important 24 games of his NBA career. And um, let me slow down a little bit just to understand. James <laughs> will find a way to sneak into the playoffs, at least as a playing tournament team. So, yeah. What do you think about it, team? Yeah, you know, Chantel, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's tough, right? Because that that sixth spot right now is by the Mavs. So 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. You know, Damon Lillard, we all know he can score points, right? We all know what he can do. Obviously, 71 points. Him and uh, Donovan Mitchell, he just scored that as well, too. But for me, Chantel, man, it is a tough race. And I think it goes down to how who they play in that play-in spot. I don't think they're going to slide up to number six. That's me personally. They could, but I don't think that they're going to. I think they could beat the Jazz if Jazz are still there. I think they could beat the Timberwolves, but I don't think that they can beat the Pelicans biting Zion is playing. If Zion isn't playing well, that changes my mind a little bit. Um, OKC, maybe. I know they're the 13th in. They can beat them. I don't think that they can beat the Lakers. I think the Lakers are playing with a lot of momentum right now. And LeBron is playing... Um, inspired basketball. You know, I know LeBron is your guy, Rafiq. You know, Chantel and I have talked about LeBron a couple times in different ways. But <laughs> I actually, Chantel, I don't think they make the playoffs. I think Dame can only do so much. I think they're going to need more pieces uh, consistently because some of the games that they've played, Dame has scored 40, 50 points, and they've lost games. They've scored 40, 50 yeah. points that they've won by a small amount. And it's like, how much can he do individually before the team has to come up so Chantel, I actually don't think they make the playoffs um I think I think they lose both playing game tournaments Chantel, and I don't think they make the playoffs I like them I like what Dame is doing I like the squad but personally I don't think that they can have it down the stretch I mean the last so, so do you think they make the plan no yeah 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 playing yeah yeah playing playing yes yeah. yes playing yes I I was checking the schedule the other day. The, the last month of basketball that they play in April, man, I think they can win two of those five games. And I just don't mm. think that it's going to be so Chantel. I don't, I have them making the play in, but I don't have them actually making it to the actual playoffs. I hope I'm wrong because I want to see more of Dame Lillard. Hope I'm wrong, but I don't believe, uh, I don't believe it Chantel. What about you Chantel? Uh, you, are very close to this Portland Trailblazers team. Yes. Do you, you think they can do it? Like you said, I don't think Dame can do it all by himself. Nurkic is out with the calf strain right now, and there's no timetable for his return. But even before then, I feel like Nurkic was a piece that they should have traded at the deadline. Um, of course, dealing with some injury problems, they probably couldn't move him. But this is a Portland team that started off really hot and just fizzled out. And they've yeah. been dealing with a lot of injuries, also with like Jeremy Grant, as you guys know, you know, he's been dealing with concussion issues and whatnot. So Portland has been injured. But here's the crazy thing. From the spot that they're in right now, they're out of the play-in. They're only two games back at six spot. Mm -hmm. Like, the race in the West, guys, right. is absolutely crazy. So if any of these teams from 6 to 10 go on a losing streak or decide to, that's going to be costly, especially for this time of year. So that's why the games are going to be really, really good leading up into the playoffs. I think... Portland sneaks into the play-in, I don't think they actually make the playoffs because I just don't think that they've been consistent enough throughout this time to make it unless Dame has, you know, one of those crazy performances where he's dropping that much every night, where he's having 50-point games every night. I think that's the only way that um, Portland kind of sneaks into the playoffs if Dame just goes off 
But if he has help from Jeremy Grant, if Jeremy Grant and Nurkic can get healthy, I think yeah. they definitely I think they definitely do have a chance to make it. Point blank, would love to know your thoughts on if you think the Portland Trailblazers will make it into the playoffs. Do you agree with Akeem? Do you agree with Rav? Do you agree with myself? Let us know. Drop some comments below. You can also hit us up on our social media platforms. All right, guys, we're going to stick with the hardwood and roll over to the Sacramento Kings because, I mean, they're in the playoff spot. They're third right now in the West and. Are they the most underrated team right now in the NBA? Raph, we'll go with you first. Honestly, I mean, well, it's hard to tell. I mean, with these Sacramento Kings, they lined up to be, literally. De'Aaron Fox, DeMarnis Sabonis. They, I mean, I will say this. If they make it to the second seed in the Western Conference, they're going to make it to at least the Conference Finals. The Western Conference is wide open. So there's no excuse for the Sacramento Kings not to get into the second seed. And to answer your question, yeah, I think they're underrated. Nobody really had the Sacramento Kings making the playoffs. I mean, it has been 16 years. I mean, since they were in the postseason. Right now, the way they put together, being coached by Mike Brown, who coached the Cavaliers a couple finals appearances, like seriously, this Sacramento Kings is ready for success. Man, I like the way you said that, man. Underrated, absolutely. But at the same time, you know that Brown, what he did with the uh, with the uh, Cavs, but you know, Chantel, when you look at their team, man, they're kind of deep, man. They got like yeah. seven guys who are scoring over 12 points per game. They're the highest scoring team in the NBA. They shoot a very good field goal percentage, good three-point percentage. They are playing egoless, unselfish basketball, and they are playing as a team. And I think that is why they're kind of going unnoticed because they don't really have a megastar per se, but they got some all-stars. They got some people there who can play basketball and it's kind of good when they're the Sacramento Kings right because nobody really expects you to do anything so when you get out there and you beat them and you put on points it's just like wait a minute where did they came from but throughout the consistency of their season they've been one of the most consistent teams in the NBA across the board Chantel so I think they're dangerous as Ralph just said man I don't know about conference finals but I think that they are a dangerous team in the NBA going to the playoffs because I think a lot of teams count them out. And when yeah. you count them out, you don't, you kind of look past them and not right there when they're in front of you. So, yeah, I like them, Chantel. I, I, I think they're a dangerous team going into the playoffs. And I think teams really got to be careful of when they face the Sacramento Kings. What about you, Chantel? What do you think about the Kings? Do you think, as Rav said, do you think they can go to a conference finals? Well, here's the thing. Like, I got Sacramento root. So when everyone was saying that they weren't going to make the playoffs, I knew as soon as they got rid of Walton that they were going to have success with Mike Brown because I always thought that Coach Walton was kind of the issue with the Sacramento Kings. He just couldn't figure them out. Then they make the trade, and they give up Halley for DeMontis Sabonis, and it seems like they kind of figure things out. I like the two-man game with De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, and I think this team is really deep. They are the most underrated team in the West because nobody's talking about them yet they're third place. De'Aaron Fox only got into the all-star game because someone was injured, right? Like, this is a guy that didn't even really get the nod, um, you know, got snubbed on the first try. So they're definitely being disrespected, and I think they're a scary threat. I kind of agree with Raph in the sense that if they get into the second round, they're going to be one of those annoying teams because mm -hmm. they can score points. You know, what they do play defense when they have to, even though they had that, like, what, 170 they had a they put up 176 points or whatever it was like the other night right like that that's crazy to me so we know that they can score the ball but i think they're just one of those teams that if they catch fire they're kind of unstoppable at times 
So they're going to be one of those frustrating teams. Um, but I think that they definitely are the most underrated team, not only in the West, but in the NBA right now, because no one's talking about them yet. They're mm -hmm. in third place. So point blank, would love to know if you think the Sacramento Kings are the most underrated team in the West in the NBA, and also how deep you think they're going to go in the playoffs. Let us know. Drop some comments below, and you can also hit us up on our social media platforms. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, what we definitely want to do as well is talk about Russell Westbrook because he's played a couple of games now with the Clippers and I want to get your guys' first thoughts on what you've seen. Raph, start us off, man. I think that Russell Westbrook is a piece that the excuse me, the Los Angeles Clippers really need because even though they were kind of they were put in kind of underrated, they, they played very well when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George is on the court, they were lacking a point guard. Russell Westbrook didn't do too well playing for the Lakers, so they traded him to the Clippers. And yeah, let's not forget, this is the point guard to be. You see how well he did in that overtime loss to the Sacramento Kings. And then, of course, yesterday against the Denver Nuggets. But Russell Westbrook is a piece that he needed. I mean, it's not that he's not he's a bad shooter. He just needs to be in a much structured NBA team that's bound for success. Man, yeah. I think Russ is one of the still still came in the league this way and still one of the most dynamic basketball players in the game today. Russell Westbrook reminds me, um, uh, when I look at Russ, I think about myself in the sense of like, man, he's got that, that grit and that thing about him where it's like, once he finds his confidence, once he starts to believe in himself, once he starts to really find his groove, Man, that's Mr. Triple-Double, man. I mean, what he's been able to do in the league is very, 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 very tough and probably will never be able to see that again moving forward for quite some time. But Russ, in a position like this, man, he's back in the starting point, so you know he's feeling good. But what he's been able to do, it makes PG and Kawhi's job a little bit easier. Obviously, Russ still plays at 1,000 miles a minute. He's still going to be Russ, and sometimes when you play 1,000 miles a minute, so all turnovers and stuff happen. But I think this is a re-energized Russ, right? I think this is a Russ that I think is going to help them moving forward and definitely give them that extra energy when they may not have it in those fourth quarters moving forward going to the playoffs. So I like what I've seen from Russ. Averaging 17 points per game, 14 assists first game. I, I, I like it. I like it. And I like it even more because they're still trying to figure out pieces, but they haven't gotten worse. You know what I'm saying? You make a trade, you hope you don't get worse but they haven't gotten worse. These are still pieces that they're going to work together and mesh completely more as they move forward. So I like it, Chantel. I like this pick, and I hope that it continues to flourish moving forward because it makes it for a more exciting playoff time, and that's around the corner. What do you exactly. think about it, Chantel? Yeah, you know what? I like the fit of Russ, and so far, I think he's looked pretty good, except for, you know, in that Denver game. They didn't really play him in the fourth quarter. They didn't really play him in overtime. I think they're still getting him adjusted, and at the same time, they also picked up Eric Gordon. And as you know, Eric Gordon was in Houston just, like, wasting away his talent because we know that Eric Gordon could get buckets. This is not about him, though. I like the fact that Russ is with the Clippers, but they got to start getting some wins with him because yeah. – I know that the Laker fans are like, well, the Lakers have been winning without Russell Westbrook, and I hate that narrative. Um, so I just think that Russ, once he gets fully adjusted, he's going to be a game changer for this Clippers team because he still has so much athleticism that, as you guys know, when he's going down the floor, it's like a freight train. Like, you're not going to be able to stop, and he's going to play with that speed and intensity. And you kind of saw him also hit some – 
really big shots as well, right? Like he's shooting a little bit more. So he's getting his confidence back. And I think that's the main thing for Russ with this Clippers team. I think the next month and a half before the season's end, it's just going to be about getting his confidence back. And once Russ's confidence is fully back, I think the Clippers are going to be unstoppable and they could be a favorite because they have the pieces. The Clippers have so much depth. It's just putting it all together. Sometimes I don't really agree with Ty Lue's rotations. I didn't agree with like having Russ on the bench for most of the fourth. And then in OT, I didn't understand that. Did you guys get that? Like, Man, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. Zero points in 25 minutes, Chantel. So I am with you a thousand percent. I I totally would too as well. I mean, like I said, this guy Russell Westbrook is, is the point guard that they need. The, the Clippers really need if they're going to achieve success in the postseason and avoid that playing tournament abyss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, yeah, so you know, Point Blank would love to know what you think about Russ and his first couple of games with the LA Clippers. Let us know. Drop some comments before uh, below. Also, uh, Raf, before we uh, you know move on from the hardwood, I know you covered the WNBA quite a bit on nothing but that sports talk. I want to ask you about the importance of Brittany Griner re-signing with Phoenix and kind of what that means to everybody in the WNBA especially for Brittany Griner. Oh, that is very special. I mean, I'm glad that Brittany Griner is back from the Russia situation that she was dealing with in 2022. And, and the fact that she's going to make the face Mercury a contender for WNBA title, that's, that's saying something. I mean, she's I mean, she's pretty much the anchor for that face Mercury team throughout the years, yeah. right? Right, a very good low post score. And she can dunk. There's not that many yes. players in WNBA that can dunk. You see the yes. face yourself. And with her, I mean, you bring her back, you bring Diane Taurasi back, I'm telling you. This face Mercury team, they're going to challenge the Neo Liberty and the Aces, and they need it because you see all the acquisitions that the Liberty Aces picked yeah. up. On the if the Mercury are going to be up there with the with those two names teams I just mentioned, they have to keep Brittany Griner, Daniel Taurasi, and Skylar Dickens together. They were in the finals together in 2021. What, I mean, they didn't really have much of Ross when they got blasted by the Las Vegas Aces last year. But this time, when you bring Brittany Griner back, she means a lot to the WNBA. Not just for the WNBA games themselves, but the whole entire community as a whole. So, yeah. Welcome back to the WNBA, Brittany Griner. Yeah, Can man. I, yeah, I think it's a good move, man. You know, it, it kind of makes me think about two things, right? When something happens to you like that, what happened to her in Russia and everything that she had to overcome to get back, you kind of don't want to play basketball anymore. Right. I've seen people in positions where they look at the game and it's bitter and it's and it's this and that. But it really goes to show the love of the, the for the love of the game that she has to come back to want to play basketball all over again. And then, two, I mean, it also goes to show how much Phoenix appreciates her. This is the team that she's been at her whole career. Right. And so from a uh, appreciation standpoint, hopefully she feels that. But also from a business standpoint, I mean, they would be foolish to let her go. Right when the last time she plays, she's still averaging 20, what, 20, 20, 21 points, nine boards, two blocks. So she's still playing basketball at a very high level. So it's good to see her back in the well when she gets back, but it's good to have her over. But I think this will add a little bit more appreciation. But I'm still curious as to see how she is going to be yeah. from a mental standpoint with everything. And then trying to garner that energy and that excitement that maybe was lost to get that back and to try and see. So I'm actually more interested to see how she performs from a mental standpoint more than a physical standpoint. Physically, she has all the gifts and attributes and natural athleticness that that you would want an athlete to have. But mentally, what will she be like and look like uh, on the basketball court? 
What do you think about it, Chantel? Yeah, I'm kind of riding with you, Akeem, in the sense that, like, what Brittany Griner went through throughout that time, like, nobody really essentially knows. Everyone can, you know, write stories about it, have interviews about it. But at the same time, we actually, nobody was physically with her during that time so we don't really know what emotionally she went through so for her to be back for you know phoenix to you know keep it pretty g re-sign her bring her back i think that was massive not only for phoenix not only for that wba for but for basketball fans in general right and for people that were rooting for her online social media like this is something that is bigger than just basketball it's an entire movement and what we saw happen to her was so unfair that it's nice to see her do what she loves and play basketball. And I think that's the main thing about it. But I'm really concerned to see how her mental state is, how she's going to perform, and, you know, how the season's going to go for her. Because the WNBA season, it's so it's it's a short season, right? They're playing a lot of games. And at the same time, like, it's a lot of pressure, right? The yeah. Phoenix this Phoenix team is one of the favorites as well to win it all. So they're going to have a lot of pressure on them. So, you know, I'm excited to see what Brittany Griner does. I think if anything, she's going to come out with, uh, you know, even more intensity. You talked about it, Akeem. She has all the physical attributes. It's just what we're going to see from her. And I think everyone's going to be real excited to see her play. But point blank, would love to know your thoughts on how you think Brittany Griner's impact will be on the court this season and how happy you are to see her back. You'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us. Uh, well, let's let's stick with the WNBA for a little bit, Chantel, because a lot of off-season, right? Rafiq just talked about um, the Los Angeles Aces. What do you think was the best off-season move in the WNBA so far, man? Is there one that we're not talking about? Is there one that people are overlooking? What do you think is one that's been going under the radar, Rafiq? Yeah, um, first of all, it's the Las Vegas Aces. Las Vegas, that's, that right. One. that's right. Second of all, the, the one that outstayed to me, I mean, we, well, we already talked about the neoclibity when we picked up Brianna yeah. Stewart, Brianna Stewart, Courtney Vandersloot, and John Cole Jones. You're talking, you're talking about a, a, a fantastic four that's going to say, we're competing for a championship. Those are my favorite standouts. Another deal that we don't talk about is, is Jasmine Thomas going back to Los Angeles Sparks. Teaming up with the Agumi sister, and you get to be coached by Kurt Miller again, the, the guy that coached you to two WWE finals. Like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, that's that's a team that nobody that's a, that's a roster that nobody ever talks enough about. Like, mm. seriously. Yeah, those are some good points there. I love I love what the New York Liberty have done. I think they have all the pieces to win it this year. They're my pick to win it all. And I just think that they have the veterans, they have the pieces, but you make some really good points there. You can't count on LA for sure. Liberty is your favorite, you said, Chantel? Yeah, I like the Liberty a lot. I like the moves that they've made. And I think this is the year where they just go and get it. Exactly. The New York Liberty will win the championship. If, if for those of you that's listened to this podcast, the Liberty are my pick to win the WNBA championship. Wow. <laughs> Okay, I like, hey, I like that. I like we're, that. We're going to you, New York heavy on the podcast, apparently. New today, York so. heavy. It's New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Point Blank would love to know your thoughts. Who do you have winning the WNBA season this, this year? And what was the best move that maybe we haven't been talking about or anybody hasn't been talking about? Let us know in the comment section below. Let's talk a little bit of boxing, man. Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury, man. We saw the atmosphere over there. We saw the stars. Mike Tyson was out. Ronaldo, I didn't even know Ronaldo likes boxing, probably because he's just over there. He probably just wanted something to do. You know, 
Devin Haney was over there. A lot of people were over there. Tyson Fury was over there. But we weren't there for them. We were there for Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury wins by what makes decision. Yeah. What did you think about this one, Rafiq and Chantel? Man, what what how do you think Jake Paul reacts or is is thinking, or how do you think he's thinking after coming off a loss? And what do you think about Tommy Fury moving forward? I think that Tommy, I think this fight is going to elevate Tommy Fury's boxing career to a, to a higher level. I mean, you're talking about the brother of Tyson Fury, one of the greatest boxers of his generation. But but, but sticking with Tommy Fury real quick, every time you can get a, a couple knockout blows against an internet sensation and an upcoming boxer like Jake Paul, you, you're doing something right. You end up another guy's undefeated streak. Both those fighters were undefeated going into this fight. And when I was watching that, I mean, a lot of people are going to say, uh, it's not on that, it's not on that. It, that yeah, T Tommy Fury laid the knockout blows for, for it, like four, round four and round five against Jay Paul. I mean, Jay Paul was talking about how he's going to take out Tommy Fury. He it up on his little YouTube show that he did. But uh, yeah, curses on you, Jay Paul. Chantel? Yeah, you know what? This was a fight where before I actually made my pick, I was like, Tommy's going to win. Um, you know what I mean? I was like, but then I changed it. I was like, you know what? Tommy leaves his chin exposed. Jake Paul has a really nice right hand. I wasn't quite sure. Um, very, very close fight. And a little bit questionable questionable because there was a point deduction. You know what I mean? Uh, Tommy also uh, got dropped and he still ended up getting the victory, but he was the busier man in the fight. This is a fight where I thought that it was so close that, you know, there is a rematch clause, obviously, for this match. So if Jake Paul lost, um, you know, there is an option for him to pick up the rematch. And I think they're going to run it back because they made so much money off of it. Mm -hmm. It was actually a pretty good event and a very entertaining fight. So I think they're going to run it back. And if there is a script, Jake Paul wins the second and then, um, you know, they run it back for a trilogy. <laughs> That's uh, mm -hmm. That would be the best case scenario for both of them. But I thought Tommy Fury, you know, I think coming into this one, he actually had more pressure than Jake Paul because the Fury name was riding on it. And as you saw when he won, there was so much emotion behind it, right? And that's the thing, I think, coming into this one, everyone kind of doubted if he was really focused in boxing or if, you know, he was focused on other things. And I think that was questioned. His passion was questioned. And when you question someone's passion, that just changes everything. So to me, I think Tommy Fury, you know, big win for him. Jake Paul, I think he's gotten better every fight that he's been in. He's leveled up his competition in every fight that he's been in. So I think he deserves some props as well. But I think they should run it back because it was extremely close. What about you, Akeem? What were your thoughts? Honestly, when Jake Paul got the knockdown, I was thinking to myself personally, oh, he's won. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was thinking like, oh, he's won. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Because it's like, yo, it's like, man, this is this movie script written thing. I'm just like, but at the same time, it showed me two things. Tommy, it showed me that Tommy did not think Jake Paul was as good as he was. Right? He thought he yeah. was going to go in there and he was going to walk over Jake Paul. But Jake Paul... Is at his athleticism is what has really been helping him when he got started. But then, as he was involving boxing, got with the trainers, made the moves, the lifestyle adjustments, he's been improving every single fight. And in this one, he's improved again. And the man's got a chin on him, right? I think people talk about the right hand, and he's been knocking cats out, but he can take a shot. He did take some shots in that fight. And I dare to say this, uh, Chantel and Rafiq, 
man, that was an exciting fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was an exciting, yeah. exciting fight. Very fight. For... And you know what? Exactly. And you know what? Tommy Fury showed you why you cannot sleep on this kid. I would not. I actually want to see a rematch, right? Because I think yeah. it can happen. One of the things with boxing that 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 we often talk about, right, and we often see is matchmaking plays such a big deal, such a big role on it. And sometimes you might have an elite fighter who fights someone who you know they're supposed to walk over, but this was an evenly matched fight. I didn't know who was winning the fight. People were saying Tommy, but I could see if Jake won that round. People were saying Jake, but I could see if Tommy won that round. I thought it was a good, evenly matched fight. And this is what you wanted to see from both men. I think both men underestimated each other, but I think they also elevated themselves in the ring in real time. So I thought it was a good fight. I thought Jake did enough to win the fight based on the knockdown, but I wasn't yeah. mad at that Tommy that that, that that Tommy won as well too. And you can see how much it meant to him after with the interview and stuff. I mean, that was like the Super Bowl for this man. You would have thought he became. Uh, uh, champion of the world after that fight but at the same time he did have more pressure on him i felt i mean jake's just jake is i gotta i've didn't wasn't a guy who was cheering for jake at the beginning and i'm still not sure if i am cheering for jake right now <laughs> but at the same time man i respect what he's doing i respect what he's done i respect yeah. what he is trying to do and i respect the fact that he's saying you know what win lose or draw i'm gonna come in and i'm gonna dedicate time to it i can always respect effort and focus and dedication point blank before we move over any other thoughts anybody wants to leave us with about this no i mean fight? i i think i think you broke it down like yeah, as down for jake here, paul yeah. yeah as for jake paul like coming in like I, I wasn't the biggest fan of his, um, but now it's like just the way that he gets the bag, what he's done for women's boxing and the fact that he like, he's doing it cause he loves it and he's making money and you got to respect that. So I, I respect that for sure. Yeah. My final thoughts is I wouldn't want to get in the ring with any one of those guys. If I had a boxing <laughs> career, Seriously. but Jake Paul, I'm sure he's going to invoke his rematch clause and bounce back from this loss because yeah. He built it up so much. He talks about it on ESPN First Take. He talks about it on his YouTube show. Just to get knocked out. Well, not really knocked out. It was a split decision. But he did take a couple of blows that kind of cost him the fight. Point blank would love to know your thoughts. What your recap on the Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury fight? And do you want to see a rematch? Let us know in the comment section below. Uh, Rafiq, before we let you out of here, man, we close out the show a little bit different than most you know, sports shows. Um, we like to give a little bit of, you know, in-depth, deeper meaning. We have a word of the week that we usually do, uh, Rafiq, but not, not necessarily a word of the week, but a conversation on that word of the week. And this week, man, the word is secure, Rafiq. So when you hear the word secure, what comes to mind? What does it make you think of? It makes you think about being secure about everything that, that, we, that we have in our lives. I mean, you have to be secure about... The, the type the lifestyle that we live we have to be secure about the type of con content we create i mean we don't need to be we can secure about that because you know content creates our lives but you know what being secure it it, it, it means actually defending yourself mm. Mm. that's my thoughts on it chantel short and sweet i like that um secure to me i'm gonna go with the fact of you know i think in life um sometimes a lot of people one thing that i learned in life is like you should never compare your life to others um being secure with yourself is something that doesn't happen overnight 
because there might be things from your past, some trauma that you've dealt with, and that kind of hinders what you might believe in yourself and what kind of goes on in your life. So I think being secure with yourself comes from within and everything that you kind of been through and built you know, throughout your life to kind of work on yourself every day. It doesn't happen overnight. You're working on yourself every day. And that builds some security over time. And one thing I always remember is that you should never compare your life to someone else's. Um, be secure with yourself and realize that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Like right now, we're on this podcast, the three of us. This is exactly where we're supposed to be. So I think it has a sense to do with security and in time that's going to come and i think at one point you just get to like a certain part in your life where you're just hella secure with yourself and it is just like you know what take me as i am because that's just how i'm going to give it to you so that's what secure means to me what about you akeem yeah i mean secure to me um reminds me of the scripture where it says for i know the plans i have for you plans to prosper you plans to give you hope and a future one of the more popular scriptures man and it's just being secure in the fact and knowing that there is a plan and a purpose for your life because God has said so, being secure in his promises because he does not follow through with anything that he does. He always makes sure that he is who he is. So I think when you think about security, man, it's being secure in who you are as a person, being secure in what you represent and being secure in not letting critics, people who don't know you, people who have not met you, don't put so much secure in what they think of you that you lose sight of yourself. So man, security is an inside job. It's not an outside job. So you have to be secure in who you are and what you represent and don't compromise who you are for anything. Because I've seen people sell their souls for a dollar and then lose themselves months later after they got that dollar. You know what I'm saying? So being secure in everything that you represent, because at the end of the day, who you are is going to speak louder than what you do. So that's what secure means to me. That's what secure means to Rafi. That's what secure means to Chantel. Point blank would love to know when you hear the word secure, what comes to mind? Let us know in the comment section below. <laughs> All right, Raph. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We really appreciate your time. We love the hoop talk. We love that we finally... Jakeem, was that the first time we kind of talked WNBA on this podcast? Yeah, I think we may have done it maybe once or twice, but... You should talk about the WNBA. Trust me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, make sure you get some more WBA media. It will help this show grow a lot. And I love the work that you're doing. I love the work you're doing for TSN. I love the work you're doing outside of this podcast, Akeem. I really appreciate you guys for having me on. Hey, man, yeah. it was a pleasure pleasure having you on. Uh, we really appreciate your time, man. Love what you're doing. Love the energy. Love the focus. Love the information, man. And uh, if you ever need anything from us, I mean, Chantel is one of the best that the world does not know of just yet, but she well. will be. <laughs> if you ever need anything, man, uh, definitely let her know or me know. And uh, we definitely can do this again down the road, man. Absolutely. No problem. Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much, Raph. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Brandon Figuerera versus Mark Megsayo. Chantel, what do you think about this fight? How do you see this one going? It's an exciting fight. I think a 50-50 fight. Yeah, it really is a 50-50 fight. And I say that because I was actually leaning one way and then I switched another way. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to make my decision Game time decision after I finish my breakdown, Akeem. So Brandon Figueroa, 23-1-1, one one, 18 of those wins coming by way of knockout. 
most memorable, I think, against that Stephen Fulton fight. And I think, you know, and if anyone listens to the show, I'm a big cool boy, Stefan. That was a fight that could have gone either way to a lot of people. Uh, he's also coming off a TKO victory against Carlos Castro. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but yeah, that Stephen Fulton fight, that was a majority decision that went to Cool Boy Steph. And I think a lot of people thought maybe Brandon Figueroa won it and maybe he got robbed. But I thought Cool Boy did enough uh, for that one to win that one. He's a volume puncher, though, pressure fighter. Uh, you know, he really does have good power as well. He likes to overwhelm guys and he likes to get on the inside and he'll hit you everywhere. He's a good body puncher. He's not a head hunter. Like this guy has it all. And in terms of volume, he's going to come get it at you. He's a switch hitter, has a really good chin. But the only thing about Brandon Figueroa where I'm like, damn, is he is a lot of offensive game. Where at times I'm like, yeah. man, you get hit a lot. Going over to Mark Mixayo, 24 and one. And that one loss, I believe, was against Ray Vargas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he also um, upset. Gary Russell, but that was a fight where like Gary Russell's hand, he wasn't using his hand for the entire fight. He hurt his hand. So keep that in mind. But Mark McSayo is a guy that has real power. And in that Ray Vargas fight, like Ray Vargas was having success with him, but then Mark McSayo ended up making adjustments and he ended up getting better later on in the fight, but they gave that victory to Ray Vargas. But Mark McSayo, I mean, he's a power puncher. He throws shots, heavy shots. If you want to bang on the inside, which I think Brandon Figueroa, he likes to bang on the inside. Mark McSayo will bang on the inside with you, but I think he's better fighting at a distance. He's got a nasty uppercut. My favorite punch from him is his left hook. That could put you to sleep. And I think the speed factor, I'd give the edge over to Mark McSayo. So the thing about it is that I think if Brandon Figueroa is to win, he's going to win by decision. I don't see him stopping Mark McSayo, but I think Mark McSayo has the puncher's chance in this one mm -hmm. because Brandon Figueroa, the fact that he does have a sturdy chin, like that is true, but he does get hit a lot. And Mark does have power. Like he dropped Ray Vargas. I know people say Ray Vargas's chin is a little bit sus, but this is a guy that does have real power. So this one was a little bit hard, but I think I'm going to take Brandon Figueroa to win because I think volume wise, he's going to be landing a little bit more. So I'm going to roll with Brandon Figueroa by decision, but I wouldn't sleep on Mark McSayo. And remember, this is for, I believe this is for the WBC interim title, if I'm not mistaken. So this is a really big fight. Both of these guys are former champions, a lot riding on this fight. It's going to be a really good one. 50-50, as you said, it could go either way. So I think Brandon Figueroa is definitely going to win by decision. But Akeem, I think he has a puncher's chance in this one. What about you? How do you see this one going? Yeah, Chantel, I agree. I mean, when you're a power puncher, you always have a puncher's chance. And that's a good thing to have. I know a lot of people sometimes say, oh, you know, he he all he has is the right hand. Man, sometimes all you need is the right hand. Look at Deontay Wilder been giving <laughs> people the right hand for 44 fights, right? So I... I hope Brandon Figueroa goes in being Brandon Figueroa. And what I mean by that, Chantel, is when he fought Castro his last fight, for like three rounds, he was fighting from a distance. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not trying to see that. I'm like, I'm not trying to see no fight from a distance. Be who you are. Then it's like he went back to the corner and he was like, okay, this is not working. It's not going so well. And he went back to his style. And that's smothering you. But it's like a calculated pressure. Right, he doesn't really 
smother his work where he can't get off his shots. He's going to get in there and hit the shots that he wants. He's going to hit the body, uppercut, left hand, all of the things that is calculated for him. That is what Brandon Figueroa I want to see go into the ring from the jump. I don't want none of this. I'm going to fight from a distance. Oh, <laughs> man, go do your thing. That's what's gotten you there. Megseo now, absolutely, we know he has a puncher's chance. We know he's got pop. We know he's got power. He's strong. He's explosive. He's dynamic, right? And for me, Chantel, I don't think he is the best inside fighter, but when you give him that mid-distance range where he can pop in and pop out, right, push that left hand forward and come through with that right hand, that is when he is a dangerous guy to be around because all it takes is one shot from him and it could be lights out. We saw that one shot almost took out Ray Vargas. Yeah. Ray Vargas' chin is suspect. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, Ray Vargas is one of the best champions um, that fighting right now today, right? And what he was able to do against him. So I'm going with Figueroa by decision, Chantel, because I also think that I don't think Figueroa is going to give Mark Megsayo enough space for him to be able to be that dynamic puncher that he is. And when your attacks are being smothered, what are you going to do, right? Unless you're going to make that adjustment, which Mark Mixeo is, is sometimes reluctant to make those adjustments. I just don't think he's going to have enough space to be able to get off his shots the way how he wants it to. Maybe he connects with that uppercut that you're talking about. But at the same time, Figueroa's got a chin. He's taking big shots as well, too. Yeah. But, but I just think his work rate, his volume and his style is going to make it tough for Mark Migseo to land the shot that he wants and to land a clean shot. But we're no means counting him out by no means. Um, it could, one punch could be that and it could be a wrap. But I don't think it's going to happen, Chantel. So you have uh, Figueroa. I have Figueroa. Point blank would love to know who do you have winning this fight and how. Let us know in the comment section below so with all that being said uh, we appreciate each and every single person that continues to tune in each week uh we also want to thank rafik again for coming on and joining us um definitely go and support him follow his channel as well too and catch up with some of his stuff as well so again if you have a few moments on hand audio form leave a rating and review of the show it literally takes a minute it would be greatly appreciated if you are watching the episode you know we're on youtube over there full time check us out over there subscribe share with a friend so chantel episode 69 done in the books with all that, with all that being said i'm akeem haynes i'm chantel chant and this is point blank and we'll definitely see you next time